This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. With the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Uh, the voice of Sean McVay getting ready for game one of the season. How about that? Talking about Andy Dalton being a good quarterback. That's uh, I know coaches have to say what they have to say, but that is an interesting one there from Sean McVay. The Rams host the Bears. Sunday Night Football. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you. This is Beck QL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. As we talk all things week one NFL, we'll get to all the games hosted by AFC teams a little bit later in the show. And a little baseball coming up with Kenny Ducey, NBC Sports Edge. Max Scherzer pushing his way into the Cy Young conversation. But right now, we're going to be joined by Mike Lombardi, our Odyssey NFL insider. Joining the show is Mike Lombardi. Insider call is presented by Beck. You all get access to data and insights of sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And you can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast, available on the Odyssey app. Mike, you just heard uh, we heard Sean McVay there talking about uh, facing Andy Dalton this coming Sunday night. Uh, this feels like a pretty big uh, mismatch in this game. Rams with that great defense and now unveiling Matthew Stafford. Do you see the game as a close one? Do you see it as a lopsided one? And what do you expect out of Stafford now with Sean McVay, Mike? Well, I think what you're going to see out of the Rams offense is a little bit more of a drop back pass game. I mean, one of the things they couldn't do with Jared Goff and is be able to, uh, when the game got, when they got behind, like they did in a Super Bowl, where they had to really rely on a drop back pass game, that wasn't where the Rams' strength was in terms of their defensive, in terms of their offensive protections and uh, Jared Goff's ability. So I think you'll see more of a drop back pass game. I think you'll see the same Rams offense. I mean, the one advantage Sean McVay has in the game is he has practiced against this defense for the entire year last year. Brandon Staley was his defensive coordinator, and as the Bears. Uh, come in with their new defensive coordinator, which is essentially a disciple of the Vic Fangio scheme. It's something that Sean McVay is very comfortable with and he'll understand it. And look, the Bears have to, you know, the Bears are in a position where the strength of their team and people on the outside think that it's their defense. But Sean, I think it's the say, I mean, their new defense coordinator, they haven't played to the level of the names. I mean, Khalil Mack wasn't the same player last year. Their secondary wasn't very good. Robert Quinn has been a major disappointment for them coming over from the Rams. So, you know, on the, on paper, this looks like a game that, that the Rams should dominate and win easily, but we know how that goes in opening day games. Mike, when you look at the week one lines, who do you think, or where do you think there's some, 
of the most overvalued and undervalued teams as we start the 2021 season? Well, I think there's a lot of home teams that are dogs. I mean, you just look at it, uh, which is kind of strange. I mean, this will be the first weekend we've had fans in the stands since last year, you know, and we had very few in the conference championship games, but we're going to have packed houses. And you look at the Raiders in that magnificent stadium, uh, uh, you know, being a dog, four and a half point dog. I mean, the Saints are going to be a two and a half, three point dog to Green Bay, even though they're playing in Jacksonville with the heat and humidity. We know Green Bay is not a great team in heat and humidity. They lost in Tampa last year down there. They turned the ball over. Uh, so for me, I think a lot of this is just a lot of the home teams are dogs. And that's surprising. I mean, how is Jacksonville favorite over anyone? I mean, what has Jacksonville done to become a favorite? I mean, the public perception of Houston is really driving that line. You know, so I think that's the case. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of people take these road, take the home dogs and, you know, whether tease them up to point totals or just take them straight up. Mike, one of those home dogs, the Washington football team, it's it's almost a pick them, but they are a dog right now. They are one point underdogs at home to the, the Los uh, Angeles Chargers here with Justin Herbert coming in across the country. Mike, I, my question about Washington is the defense, we know how phenomenal it was last year and people projecting it to be this year. But you look at the quarterbacks they beat last year. You know, it was Carson Wentz. It was Nick Mullins. It was, you know, guys that really are not top quarterbacks. This year, they get Herbert. They get Josh Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers. Do you believe the Washington football team is as good as advertised? You know, I'm a little skeptical of it because let's just go back over their season, right? You know, when they when they come off the field after beating San Francisco back in December, you know, they go and play a, a Seattle team, and that game's not as close as the final score, 20 to 15. Then they play a Carolina team with nothing to play for, and they have everything to play for, and Carolina's playing Teddy Bridgewater. Carolina wins handily in that game, 20 to 13. Then the season finale against Philadelphia, you know, if it isn't for – Doug Peterson basically pulling a Roberto Duran and going no Moss and pulling out his starters. They're not going to win that game. They're not going to win that game. And so, you know, everybody's, and, and that's what their defense and that's what their, you know, their defense was carrying them. And we, they had one of the worst first half point totals in the national football league. They ranked 28th in the league. I mean, look, this is a team that's got a very strong defensive presence, but they got to play to it. They played from behind quite a bit last year. You know, the point total, the, they gave up more points. Uh, they gave up a little bit slightly uh, less points than they allowed. I, I think they're a little bit overrated. I think we're just assuming that they're going to play great on defense. Last year, they were they gave up almost 38% on third down. For me, I, I'm going to wait and see on them. I think the Chargers are a good team. The Chargers will come in there. But the one thing I will say Playing outdoors, I think we saw it the other night at Florida State when Florida State played Notre Dame. I think the heat and humidity got to all the players on the field. That's why that overhit so resoundingly. I think that's what's going to happen the first week of the season. Some of these teams on the East Coast, if there's heat and humidity, are going to wilt. Hmm. Interesting. We were just in football team. Um, I love Chase Young, but you were talking about playing from behind. Do you think this Washington football team will regret not truly addressing the quarterback position for the future? I mean, obviously they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they could have, you know, drafted a Justin Herbert or a Tua or something like that. I think Ron Rivera's got all his chips in the middle of the table. I think he went all in. I, you know, I know that there were some people in the organization that really liked Justin Fields. I think they liked Trey Lance. Obviously they couldn't get to him. 
I don't know where they were on Mac Jones, but I feel like that they're going to, they feel like they're good enough on defense. If they just get C plus play from the quarterback, don't turn the ball over, you know, keep us in the game. We'll should be pretty good. We'll see if they're good enough. I mean, obviously Adam William Jackson, I think is a huge addition to their defense because they get a legitimate cover guy. You know, they get another guy that can come in there and cover and they can play more man to man. They won't have to play zone. And this front's really good. And getting Jamin Davis to go along with their other linebackers, they can run better uh, with more speed on defense. So, look, I like them. I think they're really good. I, I think they're good enough on defense. The questions you got to be concerned about is, are they going to be able to be good enough in the offensive line? They're going to start Cosme, the rookie second-round pick, at right tackle. Is that going to work out for them? Charles Leno, the former Bears, going to be their starting left tackle. How's that going to work out for them? I think there's some question marks offensively, and they can't afford to turn the ball over. We're talking to Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi as week one of the NFL season here is here. And Mike, it starts off Thursday night. Cowboys, the Bucks, marquee game, a fun one. Dak is is healthy enough, which is great. He's going to be out there, but we find out no Zach Martin. How big of a loss is losing the, the big guard for the Cowboys? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, I think that's really big. I mean, look, last year they, they had two tackles that didn't play for them, where Al Collins and and, and uh, Tyron Smith. Now, they say Collins is going to play. He's got a slight stinger. You know, and I think that what will happen is if Martin doesn't play, Connor McGovern, their third-round pick in 2019, will slide over and play right guard. They can overcome the Martin loss. They can. They can't overcome Martin and Collins missing the game. If their whole right side of the line is out, that means Ty Nitschke's got to play right tackle. He didn't play very well this summer. That means McGovern's going to play right guard. That's going to put some problems. I, I think this line is a little bit too high in the sense of this. They have a very good team offensively, the Dallas Cowboys, and they can move the football against anyone. They've got a good scheme. They've got a great running back. Their quarterback's healthy. You know, seven and a half points in an NFL game is a lot of points. You know, and if the Bucks are up 14 points in the fourth quarter, you just know that the, the, the Bucks are going to give up a touchdown to win the game and then they're going to cover. I think you're really if you take if you take the Bucks, you're, you're really opening yourself up to a backdoor cover. You really are, because I think that's got to concern you the most. Well, I got to ask you about the most carries in the NFL in the last five years. And, you know, as well as anyone from your front office experience that when running backs get injured and fall off. It is really hard to come back and be the same type of player. Could we maybe see that with Zeke or what are you expecting from him this season? Well, I think he's got a fumble phobia. I think he's really, you know, he's got to protect the football. I think last year when you watched that, when you watched him and, you know, and you saw him, you know, he had five fumbles and, you know, that gets into a back's head. And look, Zeke wasn't in good shape last year. You know, I think the Cabo workout didn't really work out for him. You know, I think that's not what he needs to do. And, you know, for a guy as talented as Zeke, especially in the passing game, to average under seven yards a catch 
And for a, a back as talented as Zeke to get over a thousand yards, that's really underachieving. I mean, this is a player that is a weapon. He's not a running back. He is truly a weapon and they should use them in that sense. I think he'll have a much better season. I think he's going to run the ball effectively. I think he looks like he's in better shape. They're healthy in their offensive line, assuming Martin does play, assuming Collins does play. And I think that'll go a long way to having Zeke having a better season. But if he fumbles early in this game, I think it's going to really get into his head. Mike, in game I'm really interested in, late in the day on Sunday, the Denver Broncos traveling to the Giants. Denver, a road favorite in this game. Feels like the winner of this game maybe could have some positive buys, maybe have a positive season because they both are kind of in that in-between where it could go either way for them. But I, I got to tell you, Mike, the, the Giants' offensive line, I, I don't know how they're going to block. I don't know how they're going to block Denver's front. They're trading for guys from the Bengals a couple weeks ago to fill a hole on their offensive line. Gettleman might be on the hot seat. I know there's authors around the Giants, year two of, of Joe Judge, but I see a lot of holes in that roster and the skill position players are not healthy right now. What's your read on Denver at the Giants? Well, look, I think Denver's a really talented team. I, I've written this before, and I, I've talked about it on my podcast. I think if Denver had Deshaun Watson or if they had a great quarterback, I think they were their odds would be on par with the Chiefs to win the, win the Super Bowl. I think they're really good. And I think that when you look at them uh, and you watch them, they, they have everything except they don't get great play from the quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater, if he protects the ball and they protect him, their offensive line is very good. Uh, you know, Mike Munchak is one of the best offensive line coaches in all of football. Look, the, the, the New York football giants, you know, we talked about this year. We talked about Gettleman being on the hot seat. This New York giant football team has been a pattern of poor, poor play going over the last 10 years. They have 59 wins. Uh, excuse me. They have 66 wins over the last 10 years. They only have 29 wins over the last five years. I mean, they haven't played well in five years. You know, and so their offensive line is a mess. They basically have done a poor job of drafting. They fired two coaches and kept the general manager. I mean, this really, everybody blames Gettleman. This starts and ends with John Mara, the president. I mean, he's the one in charge of everything. And poor Joe Judge is sitting there. He's got Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator who really didn't do a very good job last year. Daniel Jones can't throw the ball for over seven yards per attempt. You know, hasn't been able to do that. His best game in his career was the first game he played against Tampa when they called him off the bench. So, I worry about the Giants. I mean, they're going to have to win games 17-14. They're going to have to win 2017, turn the ball over, because offensively they are running an offense that is reminiscent of a 2004 North Turner offense, and I don't think that's going to be good enough to win, particularly behind an offensive line where they've invested money. And Andrew Thomas is the fourth pick overall in the draft. They've paid a ton of money to Nate Solder. They just haven't been able to hit. They haven't evaluated it very well. Another game that really intrigues me is Steelers at Bills. I'm super excited for this one. Um, it seems like the it's going to come down to the quarterback play and who can protect the quarterback. I like the Steelers' defense slightly more. Uh, what are you expecting in this one, Mike? You know, I, I'm really curious to see the Steelers' offensive line. I think Najee Harris is going to help them. You know, all the analytical people gave the Steelers crap for drafting them. And you don't want to take a running back in the first round, but you want to always take a good player. And Najee Harris is a really good player. I don't know how you can fault him for doing that. And I think the key for Pittsburgh is they look this summer like they got bent out of shotgun as much. They put him under center. They were willing to allow him to fake, have some play action passes, a little Sean McVay type offense. And I think that's going to help them. And I think certainly they're better on defense in terms of by getting Joe Schobert, their inside linebacker, to go along with Devin Bush, who's healthy this year. The question marks are going to be, can they cover? 
Are they going to be good enough in the secondary? And if T.J. Watt doesn't get pressure, where do they get pressure? Is Alex Heisman going to be good enough? I, I think there's certainly a lot of questions. But, you know, when you look at Mike Tomlin and you watch him coach and you see what he's been able to do, you know, he's been able to produce winning teams year in and year out. And I, I wouldn't doubt him. I think when you go through this, you know, I think it's really important to study the month of September and coaches' win records. I mean, Tomlin is basically four and is 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 uh, five and three over the last uh, eight games in the month of September. His teams tend to start a little bit slow. They win games, but they don't always dominate. Whereas Andy Reid, Andy Reid has not lost a game, has not lost a game in September going back to 2016. That's the last time he's lost one. He's wow. 16 and 0. He's on a 16 and 0 win streak right now. That tells you a lot about how a coach is getting his team prepared to win. Sean McVay six and two. So if you like the if you like the Rams, you, you feel pretty comfortable about him starting the block off really good. Same thing with Kyle Shanahan. He's six and two. I think that's really important in this day and age. Yeah, one guy's detailed, the other guy's not always. Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi. Insider call is presented by Beck UL. Beck UL here to help us make all. Better bets for real proven analytics. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the Beck app or visit BeckQL.com today. You can also hear Mike Lombardi on his podcast, the GM Shuffle, available on the Odyssey app. Kenny Ducey next. We'll talk some baseball on Beck Daily.